You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Check me out on my website for all things Boston College. Welcome aboard today. We're going to change gears a little bit and talk about basketball for the entire show. And we're going to talk about basketball tomorrow when we have Eric Hofsis join us as well. Before we jump into basketball, there's a few Boston College-related news items that we should talk about. First of all... If you are like me, as I've I've ranted before, that I'm a YouTube TV subscriber and that Nesson dropped YouTube TV or YouTube TV dropped Nesson, whatever, and I was uh, out of luck for some of these BC games, but I've been able to kind of figure ways around it. Um, you know, with football, it's a little worrisome, but all in all, Nesson doesn't really carry a ton of uh, BC football games. They have a few here and there. Um, but what really worried me was the start of basketball and hockey season, because as you've seen before, a lot of, mostly if you're going to watch BC hockey, it's going to have to be on Nesson. Well, I was, you know, a little concerned cause I'm covering BC sports. I don't know how I'm going to watch that. And I'm, um, in quarantine for, just for family health things. So I'm not going to the game. So I didn't know how I was going to cover that. Well, today, uh, the Hockey East announced that there's going to be a new service available through CBS Sports that's going to allow everyone to be able to watch all Hockey East uh, sporting events for men and women's hockey. So that's huge news. So even if you don't have Nesson, you're going to be able to watch every game. So that's going to be great. I'm really pumped about that. It's free. And all you have to do is go to collegesportslive.com. You go to the partners and you click uh, Hockey East and boom, they're all there. I'm really excited about that because Hockey East opens this weekend with Boston College and UNH playing two games on Friday and Saturday night. The other piece of news is recruiting. And I know you guys are never tired of me talking about recruiting. So here we go. Uh, So Trevin Wallace has been a name that I've talked about on this podcast quite a bit. He's a linebacker out of Georgia. He's one of those guys uh, with incredible talent, but just because of COVID, his recruitment hadn't blown up like it should have. Well, yesterday... Actually, this morning, 247 Sports bumped him up not only to a four-star recruit, but also ranked him the 75th best recruit in the country, which now gives Boston College two four-star recruits and two top 100 recruits because they also have Clinton Burton Jr., who's also a four-star recruit out of Maryland. So you can see right now, Boston College football is in great shape. Their recruiting class is ranked 36th in the country. A huge step up from the 60s where we were with Steve Adazio. And you have two elite defenders. Two guys, I think, that are going to start day one when they get to Boston College. I think Burton will find a role. And I definitely think Trevin Wallace is going to be one of those uh, linebackers that's going to fill in if Max Richardson and or Isaiah McDuffie leave next year. That's it for news for the day. We're going to get into our topic in a second. If you want more news... Check out BC Bulletin throughout the day. We are always on top of Boston College athletic sports and news, and we have everything updated as soon as it comes out. So go to bcbulletin.com or follow us on Twitter at Boston College SI. So let's talk about basketball. It's the the sport that everyone wants to see what do well, 
But for the last, gosh, it feels like 15 years. It's only only been 10 years or so. It hasn't been really all that relevant in the ACC. This is now Jim Christian's seventh year with the Eagles. He has a record of 75 and 119. That's a 38% winning percentage with the Eagles. And it gets even worse in the ACC. He's 25 and 85 in the ACC with a 22% winning percentage. Which, I, I if you're a BC fan, I don't need to tell you that that isn't going to cut it. Um, and the hope is that this year he can figure a way to turn it around. And that's going to be a big challenge for him. Because um, you've seen it. He, the best that this team has, has uh, topped out at in the last six years has been an NIT bid, which they lost to Western Kentucky. But they've had the talent. I think that's the toughest part that people have uh, can completely point out is, you know, you had Jerome Robinson, a top a first round uh, draft pick. You had Kai Bowman, a first round draft pick. You've got guys that can play. It's just they don't have the depth and they haven't been able to put together a complete season. So let's for the next couple of minutes, let's recap 2019. I know you guys probably don't want to, but let's just let's, let's look at what happened last year so we can kind of move forward to what could happen this year. It was a tough start for 2019. The Eagles had, a, a, I thought, what looked like a pretty reasonable uh, out of conference schedule. They started with the uh, game against Wake Forest. They looked good, and you saw them win against USF. So two quick wins for the Eagles. And then they started the Gotham Classic. They played a team called High Point, which I'm not even going to joke that I know who they are, and I still don't know where they are. I had to look it up last year to figure out where they were, and I don't remember now. They won 59-33, to 33, so that was a, a bad game. And so they started the season off 3-0. and You thought, hey, things are going the right direction. Then the Belmont game happened, and you saw what a good team could do to the Eagles. Belmont just took them to the woodshed. BC had no answer to any of their offense. They scored 100 points in that game. And, you know, the, Belmont's a good program. They're a team that, you know, makes the tournament here and there. But they had this one kid, Adam Kunkel, who had 35 points. That was the first, you know, game where you said, oh, boy, this is going to be a long year. You know, BC then just jumped back in with a win against Eastern Washington. And then this is when it all falls apart. They, you know, they get a game against... DePaul, they lose. They play against uh, Richmond. They, you know, just game after game of out of conference games. Yeah, they lose to St. Louis, uh, DePaul, Richmond, Northwestern. Northwestern was a team that lost to Merrimack, a school that just started playing D one basketball, and they lost that game. And so, you know, at this point, you wanted to escape out of conference basketball with a good record. It's usually a goal that you want. You want to make your schedule either really tough so that you can make it into the tournament or reasonable so that you can start racking up wins before you get into that real meat of the ACC schedule. And at this point, BC was under 500. They weren't playing all that well, and they're going to start playing their out-of-conference schedule. And that's where things changed up again. You know, this is a team that last year was really kind of maddening of how inconsistent they played because they go to Notre Dame and they beat them. They go, they win out in uh, South Bend. So they, you know, they're looking okay. They have a couple more wins. They beat Cal. Then they start playing their, the meat of their conference schedule. And that's where things really start to kind of hit the, the, the paper meets the pavement or whatever that saying is the, 
you know, they're just, they're out of their league there. You know, they get their, they get smoked by Duke, 88-49. They win against Virginia, which was a huge win for the program. But then it just, you know, they lose like five more games in a row. Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Pitt. Uh, they win at, at uh, Virginia Tech, so there's another nice win. And then it just the rest of the season is just losses, 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 losses. And they they go to the ACC tournament and they get smoked by Notre Dame, eighty to 58. Um, you know it was not a good year for BC basketball, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what changed for the program in the off season uh, when we you know in just a moment. Before we do, I need to tell you about Coors Light. We're talking about Boston College hitting a wall. I hit my walls with, you know, everything going on in the world right now with work and my life and I have a small child and all this other stuff going on. And I just need a moment to hit reset. And when I do, I reach for an ice cold Coors Light. It's made to chill. You know, this week there's been a lot of football games canceled, but there's still tons of sports on. And I, I can't wait. You know, the NBA draft was last night and... You know, if your favorite team had a, a high draft pick, of course that's exciting to watch. Um, but for me, anything I will watch any football game. You just tell me what it is. What it is, I'll watch it if it's Mountain West or whatever. And when I do, I it doesn't. I've reached for a Coors Light. It's the official beer of watching any sport or team. Just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to rewind, and unwind. So when you need to hit reset. Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now I want to talk to you about... Now I want to be real with you for a minute here. I'm a go-go type of person. And every day around like 2 or 3 o'clock, I hit a wall. It's that moment where, you know, I'm doing physical and mental things. And all of a sudden I'm like... I can't think straight. I can't get my thoughts on paper. I can't do my work. And when I do, I reach for Built Go. Built Go is a solution for breaking through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, it will get you through every day. It's only an ounce and a half. It's a nice little package. You put it in your briefcase and you're going to have the most focused presentation ever. When I need it, I take one and all of a sudden... I can write and I can put together a, uh, a, an article that you wouldn't believe. It's like a five-hour energy drink without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for you. And what beats that? It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, or chocolate mint. It is an energy gel with collagen protein, which is a fast-absorbing, so it gets in your system fast. Plus, unlike coffee, it's easy on your stomach. It's loaded with collagen protein, as I said, beta alanine, B3 honey, and just a kick of caffeine. So you're not going to get the crash that you get when you have a coffee or those other energy drinks. It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. You see me. I look a ton better after having some of these. Now, I have an offer for you. If you go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo. Let's go!
This is Locked On Boston College. We're talking about BC basketball, who are going to tip off in just over a week on November 25th. In our previous segment, we talked about the 2019-2020 season, which ended right around when COVID hit and the ACC tournament never officially finished. FSU was considered the champion uh, because they won the regular season championship, but the season ended, I believe, the day after Notre Dame beat Boston College. So you go to the offseason, and there's two big losses for the Eagles in terms of depth. Derek Thornton, the point guard who came over from USC slash Duke last year, he left because he graduated. And the same with Nick Popovic, who was the center slash uh, forward. And actually, there's a third, and I just thought of this, and thank God I did. Uh, Jarius, Jarius Hamilton, uh, who was one of BC's most highly recruited forwards left. He ended up transferring to uh, Maryland, and I believe he is immediately eligible to play. So you had three guys leave. And three uh, guys that were definitely going to be starters next year. Well, Hamilton could have, couldn't, might have been a, a starter. He just didn't seem like he fit in um, uh, Jim Christian's scheme. But we'll talk more about that with Eric tomorrow. Um, Popovic was going to, you know, he's the center, so they're going to have to figure out something there. And you need a ball handler because you had Jay Heath coming back and Winston Tabbs looks like he's going to be a guard as well. But I think he's more of a shooting guard as well. He's not much of a ball. He's not as much of a ball handler as a shooter. So Jim Christian has to make some choices during the offseason and he starts to look at the grad transfer uh, portal and he starts to make some moves and he makes quite a few of them. First of all, he brings in Rich Kelly, who averaged about 16 points a year uh, game last year. But it was with Quinnipiac. It's a MAC, M-A-A-C program. Um, and he's an outside shooter, which Boston College definitely needs after we saw how poorly they shot at times outside last year. Uh, he's coming in. They also brought in Rich uh, Fred Kel- uh, Scott, excuse me, Fred Scott from Ryder. He's a big guy, um, about 6'8". A banger, I think of I think of more of a banger. He's a guy that can play re- he can rebound, he can play some defense. He'll probably be a, a wing slash forward. And then they brought in James Carnick from Lehigh. You know, he's a he's an interesting one. He's the last one they brought in. Actually, the second to last one they brought in. And um he's six nine. He's about two fifty. He's a guy that I think if he gets his waiver could be a uh, center for BC this year. He'd probably battle with CJ Felder for that position. Um, you know, he averaged almost a double-double for the Lehigh last year, and he looks to be the kind of guy that could be a big difference maker for BC, and I know a lot of people are hoping he gets his waiver. Haven't heard anything about that yet, um, I, but as John Rothstein says on Twitter, if you ever follow him, he's a hoot. He says the NCAA is handing out these waivers like candy, so... I imagine that the staff is expecting him to get the waiver and he'd be a big one because they need that depth. And I know Christian has talked a lot this year about feeling that his team is the deepest that they've had in a long time. And so Karnick would be a big one. I think I'm saying his name correct. Unfortunately, they had a fourth transfer, Andre Adams. And he was the guy I thought, just based off of what I read, that would have been the the slam dunk center for this team. You know, he's 6'9". He's from Southern Utah, by way of Arizona State. So he was a recruited by a Power 5 program at one point, but he blew out his Achilles during uh, summer practice and he's gone for the year. So that was a loss there. So you have three transfers, two if um, 
Karnick doesn't get his waiver, so we'll have to see. You know, with a week left, it's they're kind of down to the wire here. But uh, there's two transfers that definitely will be playing three if Karnick gets it. And on top of that, they have two true freshmen. There's Justin Vanderbon, who is a local um, center. He's seven feet tall. He's built just like what you would want from a center. He's a three-star. Um, from what I've seen and heard, I think he might be a guy that will probably see minutes this year. But I wouldn't expect him to be a starter. He just—he seems like a guy that might take a few years to kind of build to get to that position. Um, so he'll be coming in. And then there is Demar Langford, and you know, if we talked earlier about Jarius Hamilton being a big, um, big addition, um, or big subtraction, excuse me. Well, Demar Langford is another. He's a four-star recruit, highly sought after. He's a kid that is going to be exciting to watch. And Eric Hofsis has some really great scouting reports on him. He's going to talk more about DeMar Langford tomorrow when we have him on. But from everything I've heard, he is a, you know, he's going to be a, a power forward. So he'll probably line up next to Mitchell and Stefan Mitchell and be a defensive presence and hopefully give BC a little pop on offense as well. But we'll get more into what he could bring. The final guy, so you have. The three transfers, you have two freshmen. There's another transfer that had been on the team last year, but he had to sit out, and that's Makai Ashton Langford. That's DeMar's older brother. He came to Boston College by way of Providence. He transferred here, um, and he's an exciting player because if he can figure out what he his skill set that really got teams excited when he first was a recruit, he could be a real steal for BC because you know, he played at Providence. He only averaged about four or five points a game and a couple assists. But he obviously has a flash to him because, you know, he was a top 100 recruit. He had lots of big offers. He ended up at PC, but it just didn't work out. So maybe if Jim Christian and his staff can get him going, DeMar, uh, DeMar, sorry, Makai Ashton Langford could be a guy that you could expect to get big minutes. And especially, I think this is important to talk about, Winston Tabbs had a really severe surgery, and if you know about knee surgery, sometimes, especially in basketball, it takes a while to come back. And um, we'll talk more about this with Eric tomorrow. But if he takes, if he starts off slow, which is very possible, Makai Ashton Langford could be a huge piece to start off the year, and um, you know, someone we're going to need to watch out for. So as you can see, it was a busy off season for the Eagles. They had, you know, guys leaving. Oh, sorry. Jared Hamilton was also the other one that graduated. He was that transfer that came with his brother uh, last year. And he, he he provided a good spark for the Eagles. He, he left as well. But as you can see, BC had a busy offseason. And now it's time for them to kind of grind it out and, and get into the season. And we're going to talk about what that's going to look like in our third segment. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. Um, we're gonna we've been talking about BC basketball for this whole show, and you know it's a program that really has fallen on hard times at BC. I, I'll tell you right off the bat, I was a guy. I graduated in two thousand six. I was there their last year in the Big East and their first year in the ACC, and I remember how big this program was. I went to I had season tickets as a student. And I went to every game, and the student section was packed, and it was crazy in Alumni Stadium. Those were the years of the Sean Williams block party, and you had uh, Sean Marshall and Jared Hamilton, uh, Jared Dudley, excuse me, geez, and Craig Smith. You know, these really good teams and really exciting. And, you know, student tickets, they'd have the, you know, people camping out for them. 
now to see what happened last year, where you can't even get kids in the in the game and into this into the school, and I, I think that's sad. And I think this upcoming season is going to be Jim Christian's last stand. You know, he's had six years, seven years now to prove himself, and with Patrick Kraft as the new AD, he's going to want to make his mark. And he's made basketball hires before, and he can do it again. Um, Christian's going to have to 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 put on a a, a good season for this team, and, and he, I, I I would have to say for Boston College to keep Christian, he's going to have to make the tournament. And looking at the schedule that they have in front of him, I have no idea how he's going to do that because what you look at when you look at what BC has for an out of conference schedule, it is it's crazy what BC has to do this year. <laughs> you know, first of all, you start the season off not with a team like Bryant or you know, Hartford or a team that they can kind of ease into the season. I know they've lost those games too, but you'd hope to get a team that you could slowly ease into a year with. They start off the year with number three, Villanova. Then, if depending on what happens in that game in the Empire Classic, they either get to play number two, Baylor, or number 18, Arizona State. So you have, in the first two games, the possibility of playing two top 25 teams. That's tough when you have a school uh, a program that is needing some time to get into things and it doesn't get any easier then they get Rhode Island who I've told you before is not a school to sleep on they are a program that I think is one of the best in the uh, in New England and they're primed to be at a um, NCAA tournament team every year because they just they're well coached and they have some talent um, shout out to Rhodey Rampage who uh, on Twitter who is my old college buddy, and he writes about URI, so I'm pretty well aware of what they're able to do. Then there's St. John's, who, again, is a top 50 uh, Ken Palm rating. Minnesota, who is going to be a, another top 75 Ken Palm. And Missouri. Now, I'm hearing rumors that this game is going to get changed. It was just announced last week that BC was going to play Missouri. But uh, Jake Klein, who is just a reporter who seems to know stuff about Boston college says that he's hearing that they have changed this to Oregon. I don't know if this is true or not yet. It's interesting if it is, even if it isn't, both teams are good. Oregon's a top 25 team. Missouri is right on the edge. So you got now like four or five possible top 25 teams in just out of conference programs before you even hit the ACC. And so what is Boston college going to do getting into the ACC. They could be already limping into the ACC part of their schedule because they're going to they're going to play a brutal out of conference group. And then you have to go in and you play your Dukes, you play your UNC's, you play your UVA's and and Louisville's. I, the if if the measure for Jim Christian to come back is he needs to make the tournament, I don't know how he could realistically do that. He has depth, and that's great. Uh, tabs would be a big one if he comes back and is really healthy, and they get some production out of guys like Fred Scott and you know Rich Kelly or Makai Ashton Langford and, and his brother. But that's a big if. You're playing in the ACC, the best conference in the country in terms of basketball, top to bottom. And you know this just looking at that schedule. I could easily see BC finishing with 10 wins or less. It does not, that would not strike me as completely uh, out of the realm. So they could, you know, they could end up going like 
10 and 17 or 10 and 18 or whatever their record would be. And that, so you're going to be looking, if that's the case, you're going to have to be looking for, and they're serious about moving this program forward. You know, I, I would think they're going to move on and move, get to a new coach next year. But before they do, I'm going to say this too. They've got to fix the facility situation at Boston College because if they're going to move on from Jim Christian, say this year doesn't go as well as planned, they need to get top-notch facilities. They need to get a basketball practice facility and if they're going to try to bring in a top-notch coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the, the direction they're going to go if Christian's not where they decide to go with. If they decide they're going to do that and then announce quickly either before or after that they're going to have a new practice facility because if they're going to try to bring in an ACC-level coach, they're going to need to have that as well. But we're going to talk more about next year with Eric Hofsis, who's going to join us tomorrow. Before we go, I want to thank you all who have been listening. I, I've, I've seen the reviews on iTunes. I've seen um, you guys sending me messages on Twitter at uh, LockedOnBC or at AJBlack underscore BC. And I want to thank you all for being good listeners and, and bringing up great topics to talk about and, and commenting and, and giving me your thoughts because I really like hearing from you guys. It, it's it's this, this podcast is a lot of my opinions, but I bring in some of the things that you guys talk about, things that are important to you as BC fans, uh, things that you want to hear about. So I want to thank you and I want to encourage you if you have a thought or you wanted me to bring up a comment or something – Email me at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. If it's something that I, I want to talk about, I'll let you know and I'll bring it up on the podcast. But I want you to I want to thank you all. And if you haven't already, you know, throw me a subscription on one of the major podcasts. Just hit subscribe. You'll get all these podcasts dire- directly delivered to you. Um, in between shows, we're going to be talking about recruiting. We're going to be talking about, uh, you know, previews and things that are coming up for the school. And our show is five days a week. You're not going to find this anywhere else. I'm going to have great guests on. I'm going to do every, and I've said this before, but there's going to be a lot of exciting things for you as Boston College fans that you're going to really want. So thank you all. And I'll see you again for Friday as we continue our discussion on BC basketball. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you all again soon.